Hello, this is Daryl here, sending love as always. Thank you for tuning in. I just want to say, if you like this interview, you can check our website for companion workbooks, action guides, tools, checklists, templates, and show notes with links for everything mentioned on the call. Just visit bestbusinesscoach.ca. That's best, B-E-S-T, businesscoach.ca. Enjoy. Hi, I'm Daryl Urbanski, and welcome to the Best Business Podcast. My mission is to help create 200 new multimillionaire business owners. How? You'll do better when you know better. In my interviews, you'll hear from self-made millionaires, seven-figure business owners, authors, and world-class experts sharing how they did it so you can too without experiencing the same obstacles they did. Now, if you like this interview, please share it with a friend you think will benefit. They'll appreciate it, and I will as well. You can also connect with me on social media. Look for Daryl Urbanski, D-A-R-Y-L, Urban Ski, U-R-B-A-N-S-K-I, and add me so we can be friends. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy what I've prepared for you right here, right now. Hello, everyone. Thank you for joining us. My name is Daryl Urbanski, your host as always, and today we are joined by the one and only Tim Matthews. Tim is the founder of The Powerful Man, where he's assisting one million men to reconnect to a powerful life so they can impact the world in a way they know they're capable of doing. He is a men's empowerment coach, speaker, and soon-to-be author. He's the creator of The Activation Method, and he is a master at helping people to unleash themselves from the patterns of self-sabotage and negative self-talk. I've asked him to join us today to discuss some of the things which hold men back and what we can do about it. So, Tim, thank you for joining us, my friend. How are you doing? I am amazing. Thank you very much. It's an absolute honor to be here. I've been looking forward to this for, uh, for quite some weeks now. <laughs> I know. We've had some back and forth trying to get it to work and tech issues and all that, but we're here. We're making it happen. Appreciate that. You're dialing in from London. Now, it's kind of an interesting niche that you're in. It's an interesting position that you've got. So there's no classes in school on how to be a powerful man. So how did you even kind of get started down this path? What's kind of started to lead you to where you are today? Mm, great question. I'll just kind of take it way back to when I was younger because it, it all links in. So when I was younger, I always had this desire to earn money. I don't think it was for egotistical reasons. I think I just saw money as something that I loved. I just naturally love money. I see it as a tool for a lot of good things. So anyway, how that kind of translated as a little kid was I'd go around the street, I'd wash cars, I'd save money, I'd get a paper round, I got two paper rounds. I'd get a local job in somewhere called Halfords, which was like a car accessories place. I'd work overtime. It just really translated into hard work. And then when I left university, I stumbled into personal training. And I was working for one of the UK's largest health club chains at the time called Virgin Active. And I could see that they didn't provide anything for pregnant women. There were all these pregnant women that were coming into the gym. But there was nothing there for them to do. And when they'd given birth, again, there was, there was nothing there either. They could go on the treadmill or they could go on the cross trainer. But, you know, there was so much more they could be doing for the good of them, for the good of the, the baby, everything. So I came up with an idea and approached Virgin with it. And they were like, yeah, cool. See what the members say. And if the members want it, then let's make it happen. So that's what I did. Asked the members. They loved it. And at that point, I was like, oh, I can either do this for Virgin or I can do it for myself. Right. And I was looking online. There was no real source of information about what to do during and after pregnancy. So I just thought, fuck it. <laughs> I'll go ahead and do it for myself. I was 23 at the time. And that's when we started Fitness for Mum. And 
I had a fitness film for oof, seven years, and it got to summer of 2014, so August of 2014. And I met one of my good friends at the time called Tom Crawshaw, and he was working his business online. He was working from anywhere in the world, working fewer hours, impacting more people, more money, all those things. It was really the evidence of what I knew was possible. Right. And what I knew, what I'd been holding back from as well, because I was very much bought into success being someday versus today. And the entire time I'd been growing fitness for mum, I was just putting out fires. We had a fitness franchise, which went from the south of the UK to the north. By this point, the service had come full circle. We'd actually pitched something to license to Virgin. But when I met Tom, it was really the moment for me to look at my entire life because my entire life was a story of just stress struggle and and sacrifice it really was and I'd been ignoring it I'd been ignoring my gut instinct every step of the way if I'm honest and when I met Tom it really triggered me to look at what I had been creating and look at why I was in this pattern of stress, struggle and sacrifice. I was in a relationship that was toxic. I proposed, we bought a house, we had booked a wedding, all when it didn't feel right. I was in business deals when they didn't feel right. I was getting robbed of tens of thousands of dollars all because I just believed that, you know, I had to latch on to other people. I'd spent so much money investing in the external things. It was just, my life was just chaos. I'd never understood the term, enjoy the journey, because... You know, I was working 15, 16, 17-hour days with the office, with the staff, and I was just like, mm. oh. So anyway, when I looked into this pattern, I found out that it all started when I was about seven years old. And when I was younger, I didn't really get to see my dad a great deal during the week because he worked a lot. So on a weekend, we used to go up to the local field and we'd play football. And one week, I was playing in a local primary school match and I scored four goals and I was like oh yes mm-hmm. I'm proud of me and this was a real big moment for me because in my household it was very a case of you be your father and wait till your father gets those, those kind of things and I never wanted to do my dad proud of course like we all do as, as, as young men so anyway I went for him to get home he got in went upstairs got a shower come down grabbed a beer sat in his chair like all dads do all dads have a chair don't they yeah <laughs> I went to go tell him about these goals and I got through like the first goal and I didn't even get through the second one. He was just making this gesture just to move me to the side. And I can remember feeling this this massive heaviness because this was my moment. This was my moment that I thought oh, was going to make me a man, you know, he was going to be proud of me. It was going to be really a pivotal moment. It took a lot for me to share this because I just never felt like my voice really could be mm. expressed. And when he did that hand gesture, I was just like, Oh, what do I have to do? Like, I just didn't feel good enough. And then I looked for ways to prove that pattern right my entire life. My sister, who's seven years older than me, she went traveling when she was 18, I was 11. I took on that that was that she didn't want to be around me. I got girlfriends and I cheated on them because I put myself worth on being able to pull girls. I took too many drugs. I almost died from taking too many drugs one night because I wanted to people please, I wanted to fit in. And, and this led to this August of 2014. I was in this relationship that didn't feel right, but I was scared of leaving because I didn't believe anybody else would want me. So I proposed, we booked a wedding. We bought the house. I was in that business deal. It it all led to this one point. And my mum and dad were about to put £15,000 down on the wedding, which they would never have got back. And I just knew that I could not continue down this path any longer. Mm. So I set about the the journey of just cutting it all off. I ended that I cancelled the wedding. 
I ended the relationship. I got rid of the office. I got rid of all the franchisees. I got out of the business deals. I just started to do life my way for the first time ever. And fast forward six months, and I'd, um, I'd created space in the fitness business to just step into coaching, to speaking, to mentoring, because I always knew that's what I did, but I'd never given myself permission to do it because I just, mm-hmm. you know, I was ignoring my voice. So anyway, mm-hmm. by this point of about March 2015, I finally gave myself permission to do it and I created the space. And at this time, I'd moved back home, of course, because I'd cancelled the wedding. And one evening, I was sat in my bedroom and I could hear downstairs and my dad was just talking shit to my mum. Just not being very nice at all. And it was really it was really triggering me. It was really getting me because I just didn't agree with it. So he came upstairs and he'd been drinking and um, he was studying his doorway. I was studying mine. And he said something like, make sure you fucking take those dogs out before you go to bed. And I was just like, don't talk to me like that. And he said it again. I repeated myself again. He repeated ourselves a couple more times. He said, what? Do not talk to me like that. And that's what he said. If you don't like it, get your bags and leave. So I said, fine. Okay. So I got my bags, went downstairs, went and sat with my mum. And just she and then left. And the following day, I was going to meet my uncle, my dad's eldest brother, someone who he respects so, so much. And... At that point, I just told my uncle exactly exactly how my dad was with me, with my sister, with my mum. I got my sister on the phone. I had her confess in. I got my mum on the phone. I had her confess everything. And I really brought light to the entire situation. And my uncle was just, like, gobsmacked by it. And I dropped him off at my, my dad's house to go and confront my dad. So you posted this whole thing on social media. You shared it, this thing that you're going through with your family. Yeah, so I just started sharing it through social media. I just knew that I didn't know why. I just, I mean, my friends thought I was going crazy. They're like, what are you doing? Um, <laughs> I never used to share anything before that. But anyway, I started to share that and also the message of how I'd always been ignoring my inner voice and how I'd invested loads of money into the external things in business and how they never work until you work. And it started to just resonate with so many men about this disconnect between father and son and how that's led to a lack of trust in themselves and, and so forth. And anyway, about a week week later I finally started to speak to my dad and I said to my dad look I'm no longer willing to be in the relationship in this way you know we're at a point right now in our lives whereby we are choosing to be in each other's lives and we don't have to be we are choosing and these are the rules that I am choosing to live by now and not willing to come down to your level you can choose to come up to mine if you don't want that's cool I respect that you know you're free to do what you want I'd love you to but I'm also no longer willing to come down to yours and there's an amazing amazing shift and a little while after that someone said to me have you ever asked your father if he's proud of you and I was like no why they said, I'm going to give you seven days to do this. And my mind was just freaking out. My heart knew it was the right thing to do, but my mind was freaking out. And I was like, seven days, easy. It got to the seventh day, and I'd still not done it. I was like, oh, fuck. <laughs> it got to the seventh day, and I'd still not asked him. And I was like, oh, this is crazy. And anyway, it got to day eight, and I was just like, there's no way this is continuing. So I went around to his house. It was cooking in the kitchen. And the kitchen backs out onto the garden. So I went to the garden and I was pacing around back and forth. And every time I went up to go and ask him, I was I, I was just, yeah. I couldn't get the words out. I was just, I've never felt like that in my life. And anyway, I finally managed to ask him if he was proud of me. And he said, why are you asking that? I said, I just want to know you're proud of me. I said, of course I am, why? I said, because you've never told me. 
and he dropped the knife and he came and sat down and we had an amazing conversation. I told him everything about that time when I was seven years old and what I chose to believe and how I chose to let it affect my life. And he never even remembered that day when I was seven years old. And about all this time, I was still just posting all this through social media. And that conversation just cleared so much energy. And then I went to my girlfriend's house. I was sat there on the sofa looking at this statue of this guy, this statue I'd seen every day for a long time. But this one time I was just looking in awe at this statue of this really masculine, muscular guy holding this woman. And he then came to me, and I don't whether you want to call it inspiration, whatever, it was the powerful man can have it all. And I was like, oh, interesting. I'm looking at this guy who, in the traditional sense, is really powerful, masculine and rugged and so forth. Also, in a feminine sense, he was really powerful. Like, he was surrendering to this woman who has been vulnerable, who has been open, who has been honest, all these amazing things. And that's really what started the powerful man. You know, this whole journey with my father and just speaking that message and going through the journey of being proud and looking at how it really affected my life in my relationships, with my money, with my business. And... Like I said, when I was speaking this message, I really feel like the powerful man chose me. Yeah. I didn't choose it. Through speaking this message, it's just turned out to really resonate with a, with a lot of men. And I'm very blessed to be able to do what I do. Mm, mm, mm. Yeah, there's some really good, important parts of your story. First, what I love is you said it near the end there. You said how I chose. I forget exactly what you said, but you said how I chose what it meant to me. Mm. You talked about you had this great conversation with your dad where I told him about like what happened when you were seven and how I chose. I love that. Marcus Aurelius writes about that in his book Meditations. You know that even if you have an open wound and it's gangrene and it's pussing, the wound can't really hurt you. It's your perception of the wound. You're perceiving the pain. That's why there is pain. There's actually no pain. Like from a matter point of view, it's just chemicals and reaction. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> so it's like your choice. Like you feel pain. You hear about that all the time. People like, you know, they finish tournaments. They've like got a broken neck, you know, and they finish a wrestling tournament, you know, and you're like, how did you wrestle with a broken neck? You know, and it's like, oh, I just chose not to feel it. So you hear about that all the time, which I know sounds crazy, but so I love that you mentioned that, how you chose, because that just already speaks to being a powerful person in general, because it's not a victim. Like what he did to me, yeah. you know, that could have been right. So I just love how that came out. And then just your story, because I've seen this so many times, too. So honestly, this has even affected me in some ways. It's like the book report you just can't get done. There's that task in your business you just can't get done, or there's mm. this thing you can't. Sometimes there's other issues. Like you, you had this issue with your dad that was causing you to constantly make left turns yeah. instead of go straight or turn right occasionally. It's just neat how other things can affect what we're doing. Yeah. That's all. I, I mean, I guess I went on a bit of a tangent of my own, but that's what I kind of got from your story is that in truth sometimes the problem isn't just the business problem it's not just the deal we need to close or the negotiation that needs to happen or the key staff member or the task that needs to get done sometimes there's more life things that have to be addressed so that way the business owner can move through those so i really like that what do you think was your greatest challenge in your business career i mean you walked away from the wedding you closed your business down you had to start over from scratch even then you had to start off with this powerful man thing and i'm sure in the beginning like coming from a place like that i don't know like did you ever have any concerns 
Yeah, I mean, everything you said there is totally spot on because if I would have entered into that conversation with my dad being like, this is what you did and this is what you did to me and all, it just closes him off. It closes the entire space off and, you know, only reinforces my lack of power. And the truth is we are all the creators of our experience. Every single thing you're experiencing in your life right now is down to you and what you've been choosing because mm-hmm. every day is Tuesday at the end of the day. And like you said, <laughs> you're so spot on about business. Like how can you show up powerfully in a, in a negotiation or how can you take your most powerful decisions and actions, those big, bold decisions that seem so scary if you're not aligned in your truth, your power, your purpose? You just can't because you're going to be doubting yourself. You're not bringing all of yourself to the table. And yeah, when I started The Powerful Man, do you know what, Daryl? I had so much in my life, 29 years of my life. I'd been looking outside of myself for the answer. And you know what? The result from that was just so far away from what I knew I was capable and worthy of receiving. So when I did start The Powerful Man, I just chose to do it my way for the first time ever. I just followed my feeling and was governed by what felt right. And as a result, we were very fortunate enough to be able to generate $280,000 in sales in under five months without a website, without testimonials, without any paid traffic. All the things Mm. that people tell you, quote unquote, that you need. I'm not saying those things don't have a place because they do. But for me, I'll be honest. So when I started a powerful man and uh, we were speaking a message, I wanted to do a webinar. I felt the pull to do a webinar. And I was like, okay, I'm going to get the website up. I'm going to do some Facebook ads. I'm going to do the webinar. And I started doing it. I was like, what the fuck? This is just not my zone. And I was just putting myself back in that space that was in Fitness for Mum by focusing on the external. And I was like, fuck it. I'm going to do a webinar. I'm going to do it in two intent in a week's time. I'm going to just fill it organically. And I'm just going to see what happens. So that's what I did. I was speaking my message. I had 49 people register for the webinar. Half of them turned up. 80% of them watched until the end. And then 80% of them booked a call. And from that, we filled our first program. And then we filled another and another and another. So that was all from allowing myself to do it my way, speak my message and my truth, because my belief for you, Daryl, for myself, for everyone that's listening, that vision you see for yourself in your head, that is your truth. That has already Hmm. happened. It's whether or not you choose to allow it into your experience, whether or not you choose to allow yourself to align to the feelings, the thoughts, the language, the actions of that person now. We are taught to believe that we can't feel those feelings of true success, quote-unquote, until we have the external validation. Until you've passed the exam, you're not worthy of the grade. Until you have a certificate, you're not worthy of this, that, or the other. We're taught in our whole society that it's only when the external's there that you have the validation permission to fit with. What a lot of us do, and what I did, is we'll get the inspiration, we'll feel it, it'll feel right, and then we'll think about it, we'll judge it, we'll compare it, we'll rationalise it. And then we'll take action on it maybe a week later or a few days later. But the intensity by which we take the action is far less. Whereas the Bransons, the Einsteins, the Teslas, they feel the inspiration and they allow it to flow through them. They act on it because there is no judgment. There is no good or bad. They're not bound by expectation. You know, and this is the space that I did live in because, you know, I was so wanting to fit in. I was so much looking for acceptance and for love outside of myself that I allowed myself to judge myself. I allowed myself to get attached to an outcome or to an expectation Hmm. because I feared it going 
in a way that proved something to me about myself that I didn't like, i.e. I'm a failure, i.e. it didn't work or whatever. Yeah. The truth is we are all divinely guided. You know, Life wants you to win. Life wants me to win. It wants you to win, Daryl. It wants everybody to win. There is no such thing as scarcity. Yeah, there is no lack. That's the thing people don't get. There's so much abundance. Perfect example is this phone call. You and I, we didn't have to figure out the technology on how to do a call with each other from across the world. What tools do we need? We didn't have to figure out how to create the program that could record the call. All this stuff was already figured out for us. We literally just had to connect the dots. <laughs> do you know what I mean? It's like we got to connect the dots based on the abundance that was already there to make the experience we wanted. Like after this, I'm going to get in my car and I'm going to go to the gym and I'm going to get to enjoy a fitness program that I didn't have to figure out You know, based on <laughs> science that I didn't have to prove driving a vehicle that I didn't have to build, do you know what I mean, down roads that I didn't have to pave. Mm. Like, all this was already done for me, but nobody appreciates that, right? We're like the crest yeah. of a wave of all the abundance that's happened before us, you know? And so we complain about all the scarcity, but I think it's really, really, really true. Very powerful, very powerful message. I love when you said every day is Tuesday, because that's true. History and your memories are literally like the wake a boat leaves mm. behind it, and the wake just fades into the ocean or the lake, you know. And so your memories, they don't really drive your life. What drives your life is the moment you are in today mm. and the decisions that you make, you know. And so, yeah, every day is Tuesday. I love that. And when you talk about it, like when you see people like Steve Jobs, there's a great video with Steve Jobs where he talks about like when you wake up and you realize that the world is not like a box that you're in where you have to try to walk inside the lines and not bump into the walls, that you can push and poke and prod the world and it'll mold with you and it'll dance with you that, you know, you can get into some really creative positions and just really have a fulfilling life mm. of creation and existence. Now, I'm paraphrasing some of that, but that's basically what he was saying. And that's what you're saying, too, is that, you know, to live a life more authentic to yourself. And I love that you mentioned about how people feel they have to suffer. People feel they have to suffer for success, and then they feel like they have to earn it. Like you said, they have to earn it. Like, they're not worthy. Everyone's walking around with these feelings of lack of worth and that they're not worth it until they've suffered enough or they sacrificed enough. And sure, like some things do take suffering and sacrifice. Like if you want to have a well-developed upper chest, you know, it's going to take some discipline. You're going to suffer a little bit in the gym, right? But it doesn't have to be. It's not always the case. Easier is frictionless success, better results with less effort because they just don't believe it's possible. So... So, Tim, let me ask you this. What is the greatest mistakes you see your clients and entrepreneurs making? What are the kind of most common patterns and habits you see that people have that are really holding them back? At the minute, I would say, because obviously we work with men, and I would say it's the outdated or even unconscious definitions of what being a man means to them. That, that definition that they're buying into, you know, one of emotions being weakness, one of, you know, you can't be angry because it's going to scare people. You, 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 can't, you can't show off because, you know, it's going to make people feel bad. You can't cry because it's weakness, you know? Yeah, I feel like it's just like this expression, just be you, the world will adjust. Yeah, that genius and that flow comes from, you know, being in tune with you, who you are, your oneness, your soul's desire. And, and from that, you're able to, you know, poke and, and prod the world. It's all about how much of you can you allow to shine through on a daily basis. And I just see a lot of men blocking that. And some of them, they don't know they're blocking it. You know, they, they've, they've never allowed themselves to define who they are. 
They've never mm. allowed themselves to choose in on who they are being on a daily basis. As a result, they look outside of themselves for answers. They look outside of themselves for feeling. They reach for beer to celebrate, to spend money to feel good. They spend yep. money to prove they can spend money. They, they reach for food to feel good. All these things, whereas they are the source of their own experience, when they choose to let themselves realize that, and be it, then that's when they're going to take the biggest actions that give the biggest results in the easiest way for them, for their customers, for the world. You know, it's it's an amazing space that you get to live in when you're really tapped into your genius and you're letting it rise and thrive in every area of your life mm. you know, without the judgment, without the attachment, without the expectation, realizing the that you are every single thing that you could ever need in this exact moment you know you don't need fixing you're not broken none of those things it's just a case of taking that mask off and allowing your true self to shine right i love that i love that so much because it really does speak to just being authentic with yourself you know and it reminded me of this abbreviated list on the top regrets of the dying and I think it kind of fits in here because we were talking about like people being afraid to express their true selves. So they surveyed all these nurses who had worked years in palliative care, which is basically when people are on their way out and they're just kind of waiting, you know, for the end to come. And they came up with five top regrets that everyone has on their deathbed if they have regrets. Not everyone has one, but if they do, it's one of these five usually. And the first one is, I wish I had the courage to live a life true to myself, not the life others expected of me. That's a big one. Wow. The next one is I wish I hadn't worked so hard. And I think that mm-hmm. means like work, like doing something that feels laborious, not, you know, yeah, not being yeah. active or busy, but working on something that feels like work. The third one is I wish I had the courage to express my feelings. Wow. The fourth one is I wish I had stayed in touch with my friends. And the last one is I wish I had let myself be happier. Yeah, big one. We put so many, especially as men, we often repeat a pattern of create, conquer, next, create, conquer, next, you know? Mm-hmm. We're often running out of a desire to prove things, and that means that in terms of business, we don't often let ourselves feel the happiness that we're so worthy of receiving, you know? We've got these unconscious stories, you know, desires, yep. needs to prove ourselves, to compete with other men and or compete with other people to be the best and all these things. And, you know, the truth is, like we were just saying, Daryl, there's so much abundance. There is no competition. Yeah. There is zero competition. There's so much available to us all if we choose to allow it in, if we choose to allow ourselves to be all that we know we already are. I agree. I agree wholeheartedly. Uh, if people don't know Alan Watts, I love Alan. I've studied a lot of the different world's religions. I'm a huge fan of Alan. I feel like he not only did it bigger, better than me, but he just went way deeper. But we still kind of have the same in results or similar opinions anyways. Uh, and he has this great, it's called The Dream of Life. And he talks about, you know, just think about this, you know, I'm not trying to convince you or anything, but just think about it as an idea of life to play with. And so just imagine that you had the power to dream 75 years of life every night when you went to sleep you had the power to dream 75 years of life or 100 years or however many years you wish 
And when you first discover this, you know, you'd play with it. And in the beginning, you'd, you first you'd live, have all these full lives of all the pleasures you could imagine, right? It'd be nothing but just worlds of bliss and whatever you want, chocolate or drugs or women or whatever, right? You dream this. But after many nights of 75 or 100 years of all this pleasure, you'd want to change it up a little bit, right? You know, I want something that's a little bit different. Maybe I want something where I don't expect what's coming around the corner. And you continue to dream and dream and dream. And as time went on, you would get more and more adventurous until one day you would say, I want to have a dream where I don't know that I'm dreaming. <laughs> and, the inf- and in the infinite possibilities of life, you could dream the life that you're currently living. That is, it's possible out of the infinite possibilities of the universe. So when you think of the life in that term, and like when we talked about all the abundance that we have earlier, that even this call, people listening to this, they didn't have to figure out the device that they're listening to. They didn't have to figure out how do we take a voice and turn it into a digital file and send it around the world. Like all that was just delivered to you. It was just delivered to you. You were literally, like you just accepted it. All you had to do was open your eyes and learn about it. And so there's so much abundance in the world that if people just learned about it, there's so many tools and shortcuts and things that people can have access to to get them what they want if they're willing to do it. But like you say, um, I love that you said that you're like so many people, they're not even awake. They don't even know. They don't even know that their head is full of nonsense, you know, that it's just been bred mm-hmm. into them. More, more often than not by parents who were raised, by parents who were raised, by parents who were raised, by people who thought I have to spend my work doing something I hate or don't really enjoy mm-hmm. to make money. So hopefully one day I'll make enough money to do what my true life's calling is. Mm. And they just pass that on and pass that on and pass that on, you know? Yeah. And a great thing to add to this as well, because you're raising a great point is, well, two things. First of all is that, you know, our parents did their best as well with what they knew how to do. Right. You, know, you can't teach unlearned lessons. And we're very right. blessed in this day and age to have the internet, to have conversations like this. Right. Whereas, you know, when my dad was growing up, he, uh, he only had his immediate circle. So the lifetime that we are choosing to live in right now is fucking powerful oh yeah the second thing is for you to experience more what do you get to let go of because it's not a case of you experience more by doing more and adding more it's about doing less and being more so for you to allow more into your experience what do you get to let go of whether it's beliefs whether it's behaviors whether it's relationships Mm. Mm. that last one relationships can be a tough one yeah, yeah. And the thing is, as well, with relationships, just imagine. So I used to focus primarily on my business, 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 business. And I'd be at war in my relationships because I wasn't ever giving my all in the relationship. I was never fully present. It was always a case of either or the relationship or the business, business or the relationships. I was fighting myself because when I was even showing up there, I wasn't fully giving my all. And the truth is, in, in all our relationships, our intimate ones, our friendships, our family ones, People are dying to feel you, Mm. dying to feel the connection from you. But we are scared often of being vulnerable. We're scared of really revealing our true selves because your relationships are such an amazing Mm. avenue for you to really access your creative powers. Because you think about this, if you were fully showing up in your relationship, able to be fully vulnerable, able to give all the love that's inside of you, able to receive all 
all the love that people are giving you, really just filling up on life in your relationship. What kind of creative power do you think you've been accessing your business? Because you'd be feeling like you're on fire. You'd be so light. You'd be so happy. You'd be so abundant. You'd be so joyful. You know, these fears of comparison, these fears of rejection, all these things, they're not going to be there. Mm. You, so you're able to take such better action that's way more aligned to your truth because one unit of aligned action is worth 10 units of busy action. Yeah, And that's what we often do. We have our schedule full of busy actions, frequency of action versus depth of action. So your relationships are an amazing mirror to see where you are holding back and why mm. you are holding back. And what triggers you as well, you know? Maybe you've got a family member that triggers you, that makes you feel a certain way. And the truth is, if you're seeing something in somebody else, the only way you can see that is if it exists within you. Because mm. obviously if it didn't exist within you, you wouldn't even be on your radar. And when you start to judge people, you know, you get to embrace, ask yourself how you do that. Ask yourself how that served you as well. Because one of the things that we teach our high-level guys, one of the key concepts is acceptance. Accepting that you are everything. Not trying mm. to fight the fact that you are anxious sometimes. Loving the fact that you're anxious sometimes. Loving the fact that you're doubtful sometimes. You know, just accepting every single part of you rather than trying to be at war within yourself, rather than trying to fight yourself. Because yeah. that just leads to, you know, more war, more fighting, more disconnect. And it's tiring. It's an energetic drain to allow yourself to be disconnected. Well, and, you know, and again, I'm drawing on Alan here. And I don't have to say it, but I definitely am a fan of, from my martial arts background, attributing your mentors and we, where things come from. But he, even then, like... So many of us live our lives thinking that it's the end that means everything. Like when, like we're constantly living in the future. Like when I achieve this, when I get there, I can do this. Like we're constantly living it. Like we're living in a state of chasing our goals and that we can't relax till we get there. But if that were true, then people wouldn't go see to see a movie. We would just go to see the credits. You know, you would go to see a concert just to hear the last chord, like the last sound, right? The final note, because it's the finish, you know, but it's not about the finish. It's a musical thing, and you're supposed to sing and dance while the music is playing. And so when you, when that's what I hear, when you talk about, you know, loving everything about yourself, the anxiety, the ups, the downs, the goods, the bads, that's just embracing that, wow, this is life, and, you know, not necessarily hating mm. or dreading it, but being an observer of it. Because I think that's part of it, too. If you're so, like, enthralled and caught up in the trivia of your life. Everyone's got trivia. You know what I mean? I wrote down a phrase. You said depth and action. Like, I love, that's a powerful phrase for me because I'm all about that. You know, I might only get four things done today, but I bet you those four things will move the needle. Do you know what I mean? As opposed to just being running around, screwing around and active all day. So I really like that term, that depth and action. So Tim, what was that quote? You said a quote earlier today. It was success tomorrow, not today. Something like that? Yeah, so I was saying that I always used to live for someday and not today. Well, that's you know, it, live I, for someday, not today. I love that. Yeah, yeah, I was always buying into, you know, when I sold the business, that's when I'd have the money. When I was a certain way, that's when I could be happy. You know, all yep. those things. I was really just putting power onto everything outside of me. Yep, yeah. Right. You're making everything up to the world outside you, not part of you. That's just so interesting. You know, and it's funny. You mentioned something about time. And it was funny when you said that you're all about your business, no time for relationships. I find that when I simplify my life, like when you really take a diagnostic of your day, 
you probably find out you're a lot lazier than you think you are. Probably procrastinate a hell of a lot more than you think you do. And just by being more aware of that, I just find that people say life is short, but I feel like life is really long because I feel like I live with intent. And when you talk about making things a priority and recognizing, like I just said before about it being a musical thing, you know, supposed to dance and sing while the music is playing. You know, I don't know if I cause problems in my life, but I think I live that way. But I don't think a lot of people do. Like people are always so busy and scurrying around and no time for anything. But I really think it more is just it's not important to them. You know, like I cut out TV, things like that. Like the biggest one I had recently was I shut off Facebook notifications on my cell phone because Mm. I've got a huge following and, you know, I just get pings and you ignore most of them, but you you pick up your phone and then you look away from what you're doing. So now I don't get any pop-ups. Like I get, if you send me a message, but even that I'm thinking of shutting off because when people call my phone, I did that a long time ago, like my phone never rings. My cell phone, the ringer is always off. Unless I have a scheduled Mm. call with you, you're basically going to go to voicemail because the phone is supposed to be my tool. It's not supposed to be a tool over me. And it comes down to having intent in your actions, depth in your actions. So I just love how you mentioned that. And I wish I I remembered the last thing you said to bridge the two. But when you're talking just about how you're all about your business, not about your life, I really think when people stop and take a look at what's important to them, health, wealth, love, happiness, Mm. and they just try to focus on the things that really matter. And maybe it's okay if you miss your favorite TV show. You know what I mean? Maybe Mm. you don't really need that cigarette. You know, and you just start Mm. thinking about like the core fundamental things. I think life is really simple and that a lot of failure or the suffering comes from overcomplicating it. I mean, food, shelter, water, companionship, safety, like Mm. you just boil it down to bare fundamentals and just get really focused on fundamentals. And Mm. I, I think that just, that could have profound effects on everybody. Like for myself, I'm a huge advocate of making a 24 hour schedule that if you were trapped in a time loop and you had to live that day until the end of eternity, would it be your own heaven? Like design in a 24-hour day your own heavenly existence and just try to live it every day. Now I do take weekends. I take Sunday and I take half Saturdays off. But for a while there, I mean, every day was a work day. Sunday was always kind of like a half work day. I don't know. There's just not enough steam to make it through. (laughs) You just need to, you know, be dilatory. For the people listening to this call, I hope they're getting some values. I've got a couple of pages of notes in my notebook. If you haven't had a pen and paper, may want to go back and re-listen to this and just jot down things that are important. Even if you never read it again, the act of writing things down helps solidify it in your memory. It's really important. Tim, what do you feel have been some of the habits that have really helped you on your path to success? The new habits that you see the people that are having the breakthroughs in their life? What are the disciplines, habits, or rituals that you see them implementing? Yeah, amazing question. And I just want to quickly touch on something you said before as well about life being easy. Like, life wants you to win. It does. Like, life wants you to win if you're just willing to get out of the way. And about having balance, I don't feel like some people believe that it's possible to have it all. It is fucking easy to have it all when you're not at war with your body, when you're not reaching for food for comfort, when you're not feeling like you have to work out versus gifting your body health, when you are showing up openly and vulnerably in your relationships and being present and love you know it's quality versus quantity it's possible to have it all when you just allow yourself to be all that you already are and in terms of habits one thing that we talk a lot about with our guys is allowing your feeling to be your compass so we take them through some power activation exercises whereby they really identify who they are in the truth the power and purpose and what it feels like and then 
they're feeling is the compass on a daily basis. So any time they're not existing in alignment with those feelings, we have them do things like have alarms on the phone. I'll give you some examples, in fact. Some of the alarms we recommend or suggest to them, depending on where they're at in a journey, may say things like this. Am I in my head or my heart? Am I playing things up? Am I fully expressing? Am I fully receiving? What's the evidence of abundance right now? What am I creating right now? How can I make this easy? Do I love what I'm doing? Is this flow and ease? Am I being as big as I know I can be right now? Little things like that. They just go off on their phone every three hours. And when they do go off, we encourage them to give themselves the gift of time to simply check in with themselves and answer that question. And you know what? If they feel like they are in their head, busyness, chaos, judgment, whatever, that's fine. We get them to explore it and claim what they're feeling. So I am feeling anxious. I'm feeling doubtful. Then the second step is to look at the truth. What's the real truth around feeling doubtful? Well, the second step actually is to see what triggered it. What's triggered me to feel doubtful? Maybe they've jumped on Facebook, they're going to go speak a message and they see somebody else with a huge following and they start comparing and start doubting, whatever. And what's the truth behind the doubt? Well, the truth is that this doubt has served me in the past. It's meant that I've planned my action a little bit more. Also, the truth is that I'm not doubtful. I don't compare myself to others because we're all on our own journey. The -hmm. truth is I believe in my own ability. I believe that I am divinely guided and I believe that I'm going to speak from my heart and that's the right message because I know my gut instinct is telling me to follow this. Whenever I follow my gut instinct, it's always the right thing to do. Mm, That's mm, the truth. mm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Fourth step is then what am I committed to? Well, I'm committed to serving the world. I'm committed to living my purpose, my truth, speaking my message. I'm committed to showing up every single day. And the evidence of this is, here I do X, Y, Z. The results of this is that I've delivered this result for these clients and so on and so forth. It really allows you to move through any feelings of being stuck, any procrastination, because you're identifying what you're feeling, you're identifying what's created it, you're looking at the truth, and you're realizing what you're committed to. And And that is a process, and the more you do it, the quicker it becomes. So it's like a cloud in the sky. You're feeling amazing, you're feeling amazing, then a cloud comes in, it's a bit of a heavy cloud. Instead of it taking you out for an hour, a day, two days, you notice that you're feeling off, you lean into it, ah, that's a self-doubt, another truth, boof. It passes on by like a cloud in the sky. And that's where 99% of the time you get to live, be, do, exist, have, create, receive everything in your truth, your power, your purpose, that effortless zone of genius that is only yours, it is unique to you. Mm. And the other 1%, that's okay, because that's just feedback. Yeah, really, really, really well said. I love those exercises and those questions and the insight. And I love what you said about Mm. instincts because it's so true. Like now we have language and sophisticated communication tools. For thousands of years, all we had was gut and intuition. And even if your gut and intuition is wrong, failure is like a beast that feeds on failure before it gives you steps out of the way and gives you success. You never know (laughs) how many failures it's going to take to feed the beast, but Even with your instinct, if your instincts are wrong, you have to train them because it's Mm. such a valuable asset. You can't prepare before everything. You know, you just can't always. And so there's always surprises that happen in our lives and the fast decision-making moments. 
And that's when your instincts really, really count. So when you have more time to think and through and all that, trust your instincts first and enjoy the fact that, hey, this is a safe space that I could be wrong and maybe it'll be an inconvenience. But you know what I mean? Like my life's not on the line. Mm. Uh, you know, my house isn't on the line. My family's well-being isn't on the line. And train your instinct and teach it right and wrong because then, you know, it just makes your life so much easier. So much easier. Mm. An alarm is just going off my mobile as well as we're speaking, saying everything is always feedback. Hmm. <laughs> I like that. Everything is always feedback. <laughs> well, that's all it is, you know, and then you die. And even then, we don't really know what happens. There's lots of assumptions, but I don't really think death is anything to be afraid of by any means. I mean, we kill insects and all sorts of stuff without really any concern. And I don't know. I don't know. I mean, it's scary because we don't know what's on the other side. It doesn't mean I want to die. I definitely want to live a long, happy, healthy, joyful, wealthy life. But I just love that everything is feedback. You just play with your life a little bit more. You take it too seriously, you mm. get too rigid and if everything turns gray mm, yeah totally agree and i personally believe that our souls are eternal i personally believe that we've all chosen to be here your pet your soul chose your parents for a very specific reason and it's simply a case of remembering how powerful we all are and how limitless we all are because we really fucking are limitless we are limitless but you know there's a lot of things that go on with governments, with things that go into foods, go into water, media, all these things that want to move us away from realizing that because we are beyond powerful. Mm -hmm. There's no word that can describe the genius that lies within you. And some people who want to enslave you as a security line or mm -hmm. safety net for their own fears and insecurities. Like, look, I got these people, they're locked into this situation. We talked about governments and stuff. I mean, taxation's a great source of revenue, which also gives politicians and all sorts of other people steady flow of income. So some people want to keep you enslaved in certain ways. But I want to bring it back to when we talked about the death. So moving forward, obviously, we're not going to go back and live in caves. We're not going to regress our civilization. But moving forward, there's Ray Kurzweil, Peter Diaz. Mantis. I think I might have said his last name wrong. But these guys, they've projected that in our foreseeable future, we will be able to merge our brains with computers, that that is definitely <laughs> something that we're working on. And so let's just go into a hypothetical scenario, because right now we already are cyborgs. Like right now I'm using technology to leverage my animal ability to speak to send a message mm -hmm. to hundreds and thousands of people around the globe. So I'm already not purely animal when you're listening to my voice right now. So we're already our mm -hmm. cyborg, but the inputs are clumsy. My phone, I have to text through my fingers. That's really slow and inefficient as opposed to my speed of thought. So that's the next step in computers is being able to bridge that gap to improve the inefficiencies in the systems that already exist. But if we're able to upload our brains into a Google Drive, my question is what happens when we and maybe this isn't the purpose of the call, but, you know, if you upload your brain, I upload my brain and everyone's brains are being uploaded. Are we all individual brains now in the cloud? Do we become one giant brain? And what happens when we start trying to download into other creatures? Because we can upload, we're definitely going to try to download. Mm. And so it almost makes me kind of wonder, like, what about consciousness? Is that what happens? Again, going to Alan Watts, your life is to the universe what a wave is to the ocean. All the waves in the ocean are all happening simultaneously all over the planet all at once. And that's our consciousness. That's your life. Your life is one wave. I'm one wave. Right now, we are together moving through time through different experiences. 
But it's kind of a unique thing when you think about that. Like, what happens when our wave crashes? Do we return to the ocean and come back? I mean, the people have perceptions of heaven and hell, and there's all these different gods. But I think the point just comes back to being afraid of it doesn't serve you. So might as well hope for the best and have fun with it, you know, and move forward mm. and be our authentic self and chase your dreams. Yeah. You know, Denzel Washington has a great talk where he says that that itch that you have, that passion you have to do that thing, that's God's proof to you that it's meant for you, that it's already yours. You just have to step up and claim it. I'm spiritual, not religious, but we're using the word God here. Another one, Ed O'Keefe, he's been on our show before. He's a phenomenal man, lives a life of supreme abundance in a lot of ways. He started creating t-shirts because he hated wearing other people's logos and slogans. So he's got like shirt, like one that says limitless, you know, like that's all it says. Like he started writing things that he wanted. And one of them says, don't expect others to understand your grind when God didn't give them your vision. And I think that also just speaks to when people feel like, you know, I wish I lived a life true to myself. That's the, your instincts. That's your intuition speaking to you. Other people can't hear that. So when people tell you, you should do this, should do that, should do other things, you know what I mean? Like we're all getting different messages. So mm. anyways. Yeah, it's just a lower level of thinking as well when people tell you what you should do because no one can tell you what you should do because that would be disrespectful of your experience because we all see the world through a completely unique lens. So how mm -hmm. can anybody ever tell you what to do? And this is something we always encourage our guys to adopt. Your mm -hmm. way is the way. Mm -hmm. We don't ever tell the guys what their way is. We simply act as the mirror to help them see what their way is. And like you were saying, you put it so on point about how big and vast the universe is and how small your mind really wants to make you play <laughs> if you yeah. really just realize how inconsequential your mind is and encourage yourself to invite yourself to lose your mind. Yep. What would life look like if your mind was really something that you didn't buy into? There was no parameters, you know, there is no box to think outside. Mm. Imagine what life would look like if you just allowed yourself that 1% more allowance more mm -hmm. trust to just 1% per day, 1% per year, whatever. Imagine how different your life experience would look if you just opened up to allow more through that mm. one little bit. Mm, 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 mm. Great conversation, great topics, really empowering for a lot of people. Tim, I really appreciate your time today. Is there anything that I haven't asked you that I should have asked you? No, I don't think there is, my friend. It's been an absolute pleasure and it's been perfect in so many ways. And I've just loved being able to deliver this value. And, you know, you've delivered so much value to me as well through the course of the conversation. So thank you. Well, thank you. It takes two to tango. So I really just hope the listeners get the most value. I mean, that's why I do this, mm -hmm. right? So this is what it's about. It's about creating more abundance and just enjoying it and embracing it and trying to raise more people's levels up because when you figure something else out, like say for running, if you figure out how to run, but you run faster than everybody you know, and you love running, I think you start to develop a passion for helping people learn how to run so you don't have to run alone all the time. <laughs> so mm, nice. I think part of it is really to help bring the level of everybody up because it's just a great party yeah. and doesn't necessarily mean that you or I have everything figured out by any means. Everyone's on their own individual paths. But no, I just appreciate you being here. I think like me, you just want to be a value to the world. You want to help make a difference. And I think we can emphasize because we've all been in good spots and bad spots and had ups and downs. So if any of this helps people either avoid that or shorten the gap, 
between where they are now and where they want to be or just live a day-to-day life of more fulfillment i think you know it's just time well spent because that's another thing we talk about abundance we did this call and you and i are both giving freely and as much as we could possibly and thankfully to the abundance of the universe that we have it will live in perpetuity online and it'll always be there for somebody and maybe in a few years you know my show won't be promoted so much and it'll just sit there and and then only a couple of people a month will hear it but you know it'll still you know what I mean? Like there's still the people that will stumble mm. across it, that will find it, that will hear it, that will be inspired by it, whose lives may be changed from it. So, yeah, I feel the same. And so if for any of these people that do stumble across the call or listen to the call and do feel passion for it or do feel that it resonates with them, if they want to connect with you and get involved, what are some of the best ways to reach out? The best way right now, the website is under construction. I'm not sure if it will be live by the time you guys listen to this you can try check it out thepowerfulman.com i am a very personable guy on facebook so you know just hit me up on facebook we have a community there as well which if it resonates then i'm happy to put you in and i will offer your listeners a free training so it's a training that i did for our high level men recently and it's just provided so many insights and perspective shifts for people and there's no opt-in there's no pitch in it it's nothing like that it's core value. So, you know, if that does resonate with you, you do feel the pull, then I suggest you just hit me up through Facebook and either myself or one of my team will be able to give you the access to that. I think it's on Vimeo right now. And yeah, however I can be of assistance to you guys. We do have group coaching programs. We are running events. The next one's in the Himalayas in March for eight days. We're leading a group of six men into the Himalayas to release all that isn't and embody all that is. And I do work with a small, small group of high-level men. So... If you are looking for further support, you know, maybe there's possibilities there as well. But first point of call, I'd suggest reaching out. Okay. And so that's Tim Matthews, T-I-M-M-A-T-T-H-E-W-S. Do you have a fan page or anything, or is it just you personally? Or do we look up The Powerful Man? Yeah, we do have a fan page, The Powerful Man. We tend to do things more organically. I mean, I, I love to get to know people more. I love it to be more personable. So, you Mm. know, even if you do go to the fan page and you want to shoot me a message through there, cool, I'm sure myself or one of my team will pick it up. And I think there's quite a lot of Tim Matthews is on Facebook. So, but I'm sure you'll, I'm sure I'll pop up because you'll see the whole Powerful Man logo and everything. Yeah, so put Tim Matthews in there, the Powerful Man. Either find him through his fan page or through the people search or check out thepowerfulman.com, which will be online and up and running soon. So... Tim, thank you so much for your time today. Thank you for sharing. It It was an effort for us. It wasn't an effort. It just was a dance that we had to do to make this call happen. <laughs> yeah, it was. But we did it, man. You're good. You're good. You, Yeah. So thank you. Appreciate that. Thank you for providing the space. Yeah. Well, again, it's really for the listeners. And I think that if a woman's listening to this, you can apply some of these lessons to you. I just know for myself, just as a man in my journey, my struggles, I think these are conversations that need to be had because sometimes we don't have the best role models, you know, or sometimes society isn't really doing us a service. So Mm -hmm. again, thank you, Tim. I appreciate your time. Appreciate your sharing. Appreciate your vulnerability. And if there's anything I can do, just let me know. Thank you, my friend. It's been an absolute pleasure. You've reached the end of our interview. Now, first, let me thank you for listening. I appreciate and respect you more than you'll ever know. And now I'd like to ask you a couple of questions. First, what three lessons did you just learn? What three aha moments just jumped out at you? Second, what can you implement for yourself and your business in the next 24 hours? Third, what can you give to someone else to help you with or give them to just do it for you? 
Whatever it is, remember taking action is the secret sauce to results. Now, if you think this interview would be helpful for a friend, please give them a link to it. It'll help them and it'll help me too. I'd also like to invite you to help me find out more about the challenges you're facing, your dreams, your goals, and how I can help you overcome what's holding you back. We both do better when we know better, and your success is my success. So please reach out and interact. You can visit our website, bestbusinesscoach.ca for Canada or California, where I'm from and where I'm living. You're welcome to also try out one of our paid programs. You can find us on YouTube, Facebook, and pretty much every other social media channel you can think of. You should also subscribe to the podcast. And if you're enjoying them, please leave us a nice review. It really helps. That's all for now. Once again, thank you. Take care of yourself. And remember, the world needs the best business you can build. And I believe in you.